0: SECTION 7 OF FAIRY PRINCE AND OTHER STORIES BY Eleanor HALLOWELL ABBOTT. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. THE GIFT OF THE PROBABLE PLACES PART 1 MY MOTHER SAYS THAT EVERYBODY IN THE WORLD HAS GOT SOME SPECIAL GIFT. SOME PEOPLE HAVE ONE KIND AND SOME HAVE ANOTHER. I GOT MY SKATES AND DICTIONARY BOOK LAST SPRING WHEN I WAS NINE. I'VE ALWAYS HAD MY FRECKLES. "'My brother Carol's gift is being dumb. "'No matter what anybody says to him, "'he doesn't have to answer em "'There was an old man in our town named Old Man Smith. "'Old Man Smith had a wonderful gift. "'It wasn't a Christmas gift like toys and games. "'It wasn't a birthday gift, all stockings and handkerchiefs. "'It was the gift of finding things. "'He called it the gift of the probable places. "'Most any time when you lost anything, "'He could find it for you. "'He didn't find it by floating a few tea leaves in a cup, "'or by trying to match cards, "'or by fooling with silly things like ghosts. "'He didn't even find it with his legs. "'He found it with his head. "'He found it by thinking very hard with his head. "'People came from miles around to borrow his head. "'He always charged everybody just the same "'no matter what it was that they'd lost. "'One was what he charged.' "'It was just as much trouble to him,' he said, "'to think about a thimble that was lost "'as it was to think about an elephant that was lost. "'I never knew anybody who lost an elephant. "'When the postmaster's wife lost her diamond ring, "'she hunted more than a hundred places for it. "'She was most distracted. "'She thought somebody had stolen it from her. "'She hunted it in all the newspapers. "'She hunted it in all the stores. "'She hunted it all up and down the village streets.' She hunted it in the depot carriage. She hunted it in the hired girl's trunk. Miles and miles and miles she must have hunted it, with her hands and with her feet. But old man Smith found it for her without budging an inch from his wheelchair. Just with his head alone he found it. Just by asking her a question that made her mad he found it. The question that made her mad was about her baptismal name, HER BAPTISMAL NAME WAS Mehetabel EUPHEMIA. HOWEVER IN THE WORLD, SAID OLD MAN SMITH, DID YOU EVER GET SUCH A PERFECTLY HIDEOUS NAME AS MEHEDA EUPHEMIA? THE POSTMASTER'S WIFE WAS MADDER THAN SCAT. SHE WRUNG HER HANDS. SHE SNAPPED HER THUMB. SHE CRACKLED HER FINGER JOINTS. NEVER, NEVER, SHE SAID, HAD SHE BEEN SO INSULTED. HMM, EXACTLY WHAT I THOUGHT, SAID OLD MAN SMITH. Now just when, if you can remember, was the last time that you felt you'd never been so insulted before? "'Insulted!' screamed the postmaster's wife. "'Why, I haven't been so insulted as this since two weeks ago last Saturday when I was out in my backyard, under the mulberry tree, dyeing my old white dress, peach pink, and the druggist's wife came along and asked me if I didn't think I was just a little bit too old to be wearing peach pink. Me?' Too old, me!" screamed the postmaster's wife. "Hm," mm, said Old Man Smith. "Pink, you say? Pink? A little powdered cochineal, I suppose, and a bit of cream o' tartar, and more than a bit of alum. It's a pretty likely combination to make the fingers slippery. And a lady what crackles her finger joints so every time she's mad and snaps her thumbs and." yes under the mulberry tree is a very probable place one dollar please said old man smith and when the grocer's nephew got suspended from college for sitting up too late at night and getting headaches and came to spend a month with his uncle and couldn't find his green plaid overcoat when it was time to go home he was perfectly positive that somebody had borrowed it from the store or that he dropped it out of the delivery wagon working overtime or that he'd left it at the high school social but old man smith found it for him just by glancing at his purple socks and his plaid necktie and his plush waistcoat oh yes of course it's perfectly possible said old man smith that you dropped it from the basket of a balloon on your way to a missionary meeting but have you looked in the young widow gayette's back hall about three pegs from the door where the shadows are fairly private "'One please,' said old Nan Smith. "'And when the old preacher lost the hymn-book that George Washington had given his grandfather, "'everybody started to take up the floor of the church "'to see if it had fallen down through a crack in the pulpit. "'But old Man Smith sent a boy running to beg em not to tear down the church "'till they'd looked in the old lawyer's pantry, "'bout the second shelf between the ice chest and the cheese crock sunday evening after meeting was rather a lean time with old preachers he said he'd always noticed and old lawyers was noted for their fat larders and there were certain things about cheese somehow that seemed to be soothing to the memory why how perfectly extraordinary said everybody one dollar please said old man smith again and when little tommy bent ran away to the city his mother hunted all the hospitals for him and made em drag the river, and wore a long black veil all the time, and howled. But old man Smith said, Oh shucks, it ain't at all probable, is it, that he was aimin at hospitals or rivers when he went away? What's the use of worryin over the things he weren't aimin at till you've investigated the things he was? Aimin at! sobbed mrs Bent. Aimin at? Who in the world could ever tell what any little boy was aimin at? "'And there's something in that, too,' said old man Smith. "'What did he look like?' "'Like his father,' said Mrs. Bent. "'Hm. Mm, plain, you mean?' said old man Smith. "'He was only nine years old,' sobbed Mrs. Bent, "'but he did love meetings, so. "'No matter what they was about, "'he was always hunting for some new meetings to go to. "'He just seemed naturally to dote hisself "'on any crowd of people that was all facing the other way, "'looking at somebody else.' he had a little cow lick at the back of his neck sobbed mrs bent it was a comical little cow lick people used to laugh at it he never liked to sit any place where there was anybody sitting behind him now you're talking said old man smith will he answer to the name of little tommy bent he will not said mrs bent he's that stubborn he's exactly like his father old man smith wrote an entirely new advertisement to put in the papers didn't say anything about rivers or hospitals or dead or alive it just said lost in the back seat of most any meeting a very plain little boy will not answer to the name of little tommy bent stubborn like his father we'll put that in about being stubborn said old man smith because it sounds quaint and will interest people it won't interest mr bent sobbed mrs bent and it seems awful cruel TO MAKE IT SO PUBLIC ABOUT THE CHILD'S BEING PLAIN. OLD MAN SMITH SPOKE COLDLY TO HER. WOULD YOU RATHER LOSE HIM HANDSOME, HE SAID, OR FIND HIM PLAIN? Mrs. BENT SEEMED TO THINK THAT SHE'D RATHER FIND HIM PLAIN. SHE FOUND HIM WITHIN TWO DAYS. HE WAS AWFUL PLAIN. HIS SHOES WERE ALL WORN OUT AND HIS STOMACH WAS FLAT. HE WAS AT A MEETING OF MEN WHO SELL BICYCLES TO CHINA. THE MEN WERE FEELING PRETTY SICK. They'd sent hundreds and hundreds of he bicycles to China and the Chinamen couldn't ride them on account of their skirts. It was the smell of an apple in a man's pocket that made Tommy Bent follow the man to the meeting and he answered to every name except Tommy Bent. So they knew it was he. Mercy what this experience has cost me, sobbed Mrs. Bent. One dollar, please, said Old Man Smith. It's a perfect miracle, said everybody. It tain't neither, said old man Smith. It's plain hoss sense. There's laws about findin things same as there is about losin' 'em. Things has got regular habits and haunts same as folks, and folks has got regular haunts and habits same as birds and beasts. It ain't the possible places that I'm arguin about. The world is full of em. But the probable places can be reckoned most any time on the fingers of one hand. That's the trouble with folks. "'they're always wearing themselves out on the possible places "'and never getting round at all to the probable ones. "'Now it's perfectly possible, of course,' said old man Smith, "'that you might find a trout in a dustpan "'or a hummingbird in an aquarium "'or meet a panther in your mother's parlor. "'But the chances are,' said old man Smith, "'that if you are really set out to organize a troutin' expedition "'or a hummingbird collection or a panther hunt, you wouldn't look in the dustpan or the aquarium or your mother's parlor first. When you lose something that ain't got no probable place, then I sure am stumped, said old man Smith. But when Annie Halloway lost her mind, everybody in the village was stumped about it, and everything was all mixed up. It was Annie Halloway's mother and Annie Halloway's father and Annie Halloway's uncles and aunts and cousins and friends who did all the worrying about it while Annie Halloway herself didn't seem to care at all, but just sat braiding things into her hair. Some people said it was a railroad accident that she lost her mind in. Some said it was because she'd studied too hard in Europe. Some said it was an earthquake. Everybody said something. Annie Halloway's father and mother were awful rich. They brought her home in a great big ship and gave her twelve new dresses and the front parlor and a brown piano but she wouldn't stay in any of them all she'd stay in was a little old blue silk dress she'd had before she went away carol and i got excused from school one day because we were afraid our heads might ache and went to see what it was all about It seemed to be about a great many things but after we'd walked all around annie halloway twice and looked at her all we could and asked how old she was and found out that she was nineteen We felt suddenly very glad about something, we felt suddenly very glad that if she really was obliged to lose anything out of her face, it was her mind that she lost, instead of her eyes, or her nose, or her red, red mouth, or her cunning little ears. She was so pretty. She seemed to like us very much, too. She asked us to come again. We said we would. We did. We went every Saturday afternoon. They let us take her to walk if we were careful we didn't walk her in the village because her hair looked so funny we walked her in the pleasant fields we gathered flowers we gathered ferns we explored birds we built little gurgling harbors in the corners of the brook sometimes we climbed hills and looked off annie halloway seemed to like to climb hills and look off it was the day we climbed the sumac hill that we got our idea it was a nice day annie Halloway wore her blue dress and her blue scarf her hair hung down like two long loose black ropes across her shoulders blue larkspur was braided into her hair and a little tin trumpet tied with blue ribbon and a blue japanese fan and a blue lead pencil and a blue silk stocking and a blue handled basket she looked like a summer christmas tree it was pretty There were lots of clouds in the sky they seemed very near it sort of puckered your nose smell the clouds said annie halloway somebody had cut down a tree that used to be there it made a lonely hole in the edge of the hill in the sky through the lonely hole in the edge of the hill in the sky you could see miles and miles way down in the valley a bright light glinted it was as though the whole sun was trying to bore a hole in a tiny bit of glass and couldn't do it. Annie Halloway stretched out her arms towards the glint and started for it. I looked at Carol. Carol looked at me. We knew where the glint was. It was Old Man Smith's house. Old Man Smith's house was built of teacups and broken tumblers and bits of plates. First of all, of course, it was built of clay or mud or something soft and loose like that and while it was still soft he had stuck it all full of people's broken dishes so that wherever you went most all day long the sun was trying to bore a hole in it and couldn't do it. It seemed to be the glint that Annie Halloway wanted. She thought it was something new to braid in her hair, I guess. She kept right on walking towards it with her arms stretched out. Carol kept right on looking at me. His mouth was all turned white. Sometimes when people talk to me, I can't understand at all what they mean. But when Carol looks at me with his mouth all turned white, I always know just exactly what he means. It made my own mouth feel pretty white. We shall be punished, I said. We'll surely be punished if we do it. My brother Carol smiled. It was quite a white smile. He put out his hand. I took it. We ran down the hill after young Annie Halloway and led her to the glint. Old man Smith was pretty surprised to see us. He was riding round the dooryard in his wheelchair. He rolled his chair to the gate to meet us. The chair squeaked a good deal, but even if he'd wanted to walk, he couldn't. The reason why he couldn't is because he's dumb in his legs. "'What in the world do you want?' he asked. I looked at Carol. Carol looked at me. He kicked me in the shins. "'My thoughts came very quickly. "'We've brought you a young lady that's lost her mind,' I said. "'What can you do about it?' "'Something happened all at once that made our legs feel queer. "'What happened was that old man Smith didn't seem pleased at all about it. "'He snatched his long white beard in his hands. "'Lost her mind,' he said. "'Her mind! Her mind! How darest you mock me!' he cried. "'We dare not at all,' I explained, on account of the bear's. We've read all about the mocking bears in a book. He seemed to feel better. You mean in the good book? He said. The Elijah bears, you mean? Well, it was quite a good book, I admitted. Though my father's got lots of books on tulips that have heap prettier covers. Hm," mm, said Old Man Smith. Hm. Mm. Hm. Mm. And all the time he was saying h Hm. Mm. Mm. Young Annie Halloway was knocking down his house. With a big chunk of rock, she was chipping it off. It was a piece of blue china cup with the handle still on it that she chipped off first. When old man Smith saw it, he screamed. Woman, what are you doing? he screamed. Her name is young Annie Halloway, I explained. Young Annie Halloway, come here, screamed old man Smith. Young Annie Halloway came here. She was perfectly gentle about it. All her ways were gentle. She sat down on the ground at Old Man Smith's feet. She lifted her eyes to Old Man Smith's eyes. She looked holy, but all the time that she looked so holy she kept right on braiding the handle of the blue china cup into her hair. It cranked against the tin trumpet. It sounded a little like the Fourth of July. Old Man Smith reached down and took her chin in his hands. "'Oh, my Lord, what a beautiful face,' he said. "'What a beautiful face. "'And you say she's lost her mind?' he said. "'You say she's lost her mind?' he turned to Carol. "'And what do you say?' he asked. "'Oh, please, sir, Carol doesn't say anything,' I explained. "'He can't. "'He's dumb.' "'Dumb!' cried old man Smith. "'So this is the dumb child, is it?' "'He looked at Carol. "'He looked at himself. "'He looked at my freckles.' He rocked his hands on his stomach. Merciful God, he said, how are we all afflicted? Oh, please, sir, I said. My brother Carol isn't afflicted at all. It's a great gift, my mother says, to be born with the gift of silence instead of the gift of speech. End of section 7